0: Welcome to another episode of our digitally remastered old-time radio shows from SolvedMystery.com. Visit our website for complete collections of your favorite old-time radio series. Remember to follow us so you won't miss new releases from SolvedMystery.com. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Ah, how weary...
1: Ah, uh, who's that?
0: Garrett Reynolds, Johnny. Reynolds
1: and Trenton. That's right, New Jersey State Mutual Life. Well, what was the quote from Shakespeare about? Hamlet, wasn't it? Alas, I would a
0: tale unfold whose lightest word would harrow up
1: thy soul, freeze huh? thy young blood, make thy two eyes like stars dark from their spears. Hey, and combined, hey. Hey. Now I'd wait be a, a minute, will you? my hair to stand on end like quills upon the fretful time. Garrett, have you gone off your rocker? I don't Yeah, I think I'd better.
0: Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
1: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the New Jersey State Mutual Life Insurance Company, Trenton, New Jersey office. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Heatherstone Players matter. Expense account item one, $9.80. Train fare, lunch, and incidentals on the trip from Hartford to Trenton, New Jersey. Item two, $0.70. Taxi to Garrett Reynolds' office. Glad you wasted no time, Johnny. Sit down. I'll get right to the point. Big rush, huh? If I read the signs right, yes. Okay. Whom are you expecting to get bumped off this uh, time? You ever hear of the Heatherstone players? Huh? Sounds like a summer theater or a traveling stock company. It's Cyril Peter St. George Heatherstone. Cyril And he's Peter. just as bad as he sounds. An old Shakespearean actor. A real ham. Ah, oh, friends, Romans, oh, no, no, countrymen. Don't, 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 don't do oh, it. What's that? Um, it'll be bad enough when he gets here. Any minute now. What do you mean? Every other sentence, a quote from the immortal bar. By oh. the time you've listened to him for five minutes, you never want to hear of Shakespeare again. Uh, sounds like he might be fun. Fun? He's poison. And if he gets knocked off, it'll cost the company $10,000. All right, come on, tell me all. Uh, he keeps traveling around, conducting classes in Shakespeare and putting on occasional performances with the local talent. Uh-huh. After he gets all their dough from them, that is. Whenever he pulls out of a town, he leaves behind a lot of unpaid bills. (laughs) No wonder he keeps traveling around. It's no joke. He also leaves behind a lot of enemies and a lot of broken hearts. He thinks he's Romeo himself or Casanova. Oh. Anyhow, he's back here in Trenton. He's putting on a Shakespearean festival over radio station WVGR. Oh, well, hey now, maybe I could join the cast. But soft. What light through yonder window breaks it is the east and juliet is will you cut it out this <laughs> is serious so am i but go on go on there is not one of his cast or crew there at the radio station doesn't hate every bone in his body except maybe young Joni carter and who is she oh she's the girl he picked to play juliet and ophelia promised her a shining career on the stage and stardom in pictures and that sort of thing yeah, well maybe she's good oh don't kid yourself It's part of his act, to charm her away from Charlie Cubberley. And who is he? He's also in the cast. He's getting nothing but bit parts. Well, I still see no cause for alarm. Oh, you will, Johnny, if you ever attend one of those rehearsals. Well, look, if they all hate him so, why don't they just walk out on him? The old shite has got him tied down to contracts. Must have signed him with their eyes closed. They're stuck with him, Johnny, until the festival is over. Or until somebody kills him. You think it's that serious? Johnny, one way or another, he has taken everybody he's ever come into contact with. Even you? Even me. number of times I've had to go through the operation of changing the beneficiary on his power. Who is the beneficiary? Uh, oh, as of the moment, Joan Carter. The actress you mentioned? The girl I mentioned. He uses the policy as a come on to charm the poor, unsuspecting oh. young.
0: Oh, what has this day deserved?
1: What has he done that it, in golden letters, should be set among the high tides of the calendar? What the same? King John, my boy, Act 3, Scene 1. May have for your plebeian ear, I should have asked this churlish fellow next to you, why for he sent for me this hour? Heatherstone, this is Johnny Dollar. Oh? And here's my hand. And mine, sir, with my heart in Unpucked.
0: Good man,
1: that's from the Tempest Act. Who oh, well, that not that I give you a charge. Look, Heatherstone, I've asked Oliver to act as your bodyguard until this play of yours is over play? and you can get out of town. Play festival, dear sir, in which the immortal Shakespeare's work beneath my practiced hand, shall so enchant... Yeah, wait clear. a minute, Heatherstone. But Garrett, I'm yes, not going I any. said bodyguard. I've received three anonymous notes telling me you know in no uncertain terms that his life isn't worth a plugged nickel around that studio. Threats, huh? Oh, uh, just... Warning. What matter? To quote the bard, I bear a charmed life. Have you given those notes to the police? Yeah, but I haven't heard back from them. That's why I sent for you in such a hurry. How fitting that my end should come there, on stage, so to speak. What? <clears throat> Blow wind, come rack! At least I'll die with harness on me back. It is the same, a friend, that I'll die with me boots on. Yeah, I got that. Has anybody threatened you in person, Heatherstone? Yeah. And what about that girl, Joan, and the way Charlie covered it? Ah, him? her beauty makes the vault a feasting presence full of life. Oh, listen, will you? I'm talking about Charlie, the boy she's thrown over for you and your phony promises. That boy's crazy enough with jealousy to try almost anything. Ah, he is mad. Right. That he is mad. Tis true. Tis true. Tis pity. And pity tis. He's true. Heatherstone, he's mad enough to kill you. And so are some of the others. Yeah, I've heard you're pretty rough on your cast of actors, on your crew. Well, I must be cruel, only to be kind. Now, what's that supposed They're to be? They're so ambitious, all of them, but so inadequate, so futilely, do they attempt to gain the highest talent of this art, with which I am so rich and dumb. All right, all right. Look, please. Apparently, Garrett feels that your life is in danger. I'm sure of it. And as long as I've come all the way down here, I'll take his word for it. That every one of your associates has a serious personal reason for wanting to see you out of the way. What private griefs they have, alas, I know not. Listen, will you? At least I do allow. Featherstone, don't you care that somebody's out to get you? My cast, my
0: crew, you say? Yes. Ah, me? Mm.
1: Stands not within the prospect of belief. Look, the fact remains... And yes, if twere true, then I must bear a countenance more in sorrow than in anger. In gratitude toward me, who've given them so much... Believe me, it is true. That's why I insist you have somebody to look out for you until you can get out of town. These words are razors to me, Wounder. That's heart. why I sent for Dollar. This man, mm-hmm. Yes. Let me have men about me who are Here fat, we again. sleek-headed men, and such a sleeper night. Yon Dollar... <laughs> Has a lean and hungry look. He thinks too much. Such men are dangerous. Will you shut up? And yet, suppose I am. Dala. Believe me, if it weren't for the $10,000 it would cost the company, I sometimes think I'd like to take care of that little matter myself. And you would be found out? That's what you think. Then, Dala, look upon his face. I quote, huh? so full of artless jealousy as guilt, it spills itself in fear into this guilt. All right. The fact remains that in spite of what Garrett says, you're determined to go ahead with this play, this uh, festival of yours. I am. In spite of the threats on your life.
0: Why not? All but live
1: must die, passing through nature to eternity. Okay, okay. When's your next rehearsal? Oh, this afternoon, but sir... Station WVGR, right? I correct, but sir... And I'm going to be there. To interfere with me at work? No, 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 no. To hide in a corner and see if all this fuss over you is justified. To see if the atmosphere down there is as thick as Garrett says it is. We either take on this case or not, depending on whether I think your life's really in danger. Oh, Johnny, his life has been in danger for years. Of course. You uh, admit it? Aye, that I do. So therefore, harm, if harm they could have done, <laughs> would long ago have caught me in its grasp. Yeah, well, maybe you've just been lucky. Aye.
0: In the past, I quote, Treason has done his worst. Nor steel, nor poison. Malice, domestic, foreign levy, Nothing. Nothing can
1: touch me further. Oh, Lord. And with that thought, I bid thee now adieu. Yeah, well, goodbye. And yet, perhaps,
0: for best we talk this out, I
1: quote, to fear the world, of yours the world. Good day, gentlemen. You want a drink? <laughs> Garrett, that is the craziest clown I've ever met. But I still don't really see what you're worried about. That's because all you've seen is the, the, <laughs> the amusing side of them. But I tell you, Johnny... Look, did you mean that about going over to the studio? Yeah, sure. And frankly, more to see how a radio show is put together than anything else. Then I'll arrange for you to sit in the control room with the engineer, the fellow who keeps the voices and sound effects and music and things in balance. Great, I'll have a ball. Uh, yeah? Well, you'll see why I sent for you. Why I'm so sure somebody's going to murder Heatherstone. If I didn't know you so well, Garrett, I'd think you were planning to do it yourself and call me in as a cover-up. You know something, Johnny? Well? Uh, I'll, I'll call the studio and make arrangements for you. I couldn't help feeling that Garrett's own resentment of Cyril Heatherstone was for a lot more than the mere fact he'd have to revise his policy a few more times. But if so, he wouldn't admit it to me. Item three, a $1.25 taxi to the studios at WVGR. There I was escorted backstage, so to speak, to the control room. It was a small room facing into the main studio through a large soundproof plate glass window. And it was loaded with complicated equipment. Before the control panel, with its knobs and keys and dials, sat Gordon Mitchell, the engineer. A nice-looking chap in his 30s. Through the window, we could see Heatherstone and the cast gathered around the table working on the script sit here right beside me, Dollar, and you can see and hear everything that goes on in there. Oh, well, sure. Thanks, Gordon. Yeah. Is, uh, is that microphone sitting in the middle of the studio there the one they use when they're on the air? Yeah, that's one of them. There's one over there beside all that equipment for the sound effects, man. Oh, yes, I see. And then there's another one in that booth over against the wall. And what's that for? Two uh, isolated for special voice effects, like a voice coming over a telephone, things like that. That filter, mic. Oh, I see. And then the one hanging over the table where they're reading will be for the orchestra when it comes in later. Uh Uh-huh. Say, uh, you have a lot of stuff to balance when you're doing a show, haven't you? (laughs) More knobs and dials and stuff. You see here? This knob controls the mic over their table out there. Uh, Listen, I'll fade them in. What, will the line stretch
0: out to the crack of doom? Well, I... Well, I...
1: Charlie Coverley. plays one of the small...
0: Well, what? Oh. Well, well, idiot! Well, you
1: said to get everything
0: we could out of the line. That I did. So
1: I added a couple of words to make a speech now. You added your Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, I thought... There the we go, darling. No! Dog. no. Oh. Listen to his own words. To find refined gold, to paint the lily, to throw a perfume on the violet is wasteful and ridiculous excess. Remember that and stop being ridiculous. You heard enough, Dollar? I'll cut it off. A gentleman, son. Brother, he really tears into them, doesn't he? Believe me, that was nothing. Dollar, he's the most hated man in this town. So I've heard. So I've heard. Pretty fast dealer, too. (laughs) You're not kidding. He sure nicked me. How do you mean? All my savings. You know, invest in this um, Shakespearean festival. He'll get a sponsor. We'll all make a million. Well, if it wasn't for the Beneficial Finance Company, I'd be on my uppers. That way, huh? And poor Charlie out there not only lost his shirt to Cyril, but his girl, too. That little blonde beside him? The one who's talking now? Yeah. Well, listen, I'll open the mic again. That's not a
0: mic. Good boy. There's rosemary. That's for remembrance. Pray you, love. Remember. Lost And there's Pansies, That's for thought. There's several for you, and here's some for me. We
1: may call it her Brace on Sunday. Wonderful. You make the role of Ophelia live. That's oh, boy. Her. If you don't get toying her,
0: I'm silence. going to... Silence!
1: Unhand me, sir, and silence. Yes, Charles, you mustn't interrupt, Cyril. you mustn't. Why well, sir? Yeah, where's your humility, Charles, before me, the master? Remember this common proof of loneliness in young, ambitious ladder. <laughs> Sorry, darling. I can't take it. Jordan, that guy is the most egotistical character I've ever seen. He isn't going to live long. Who are you thinking of? <laughs> Any of that group out there, and the sound crew, and the musicians. There isn't one of them hasn't got murder in his eye. I told the insurance. What were you going to say? <laughs> well, I, uh... I sent a couple of notes to Cyril's insurance man. He's an old friend of mine. Oh. I didn't sign him because I didn't want to get involved. But I told him what I'm telling you. Somebody's going to kill that guy out there unless what? you were.
0: Hey Wait a second. Hey not you. you yeah. sit and gossip in there when there's work to be done.
1: Oh, sorry, Cyril. Uh, Mr. Heatherstone? The
0: irresponsible loud. Well, this is a rehearsal. The top act's too loud.
1: First, it's too quiet, now it's too loud. It sounds as though you're shouting at me, and that I will not have. Okay, sorry. Believe me, you will be sorry if this task is done. Believe me, I am sorry. I forgot nothing. No. I shall rehearse my lines as Hamlet Farwell's ghost. That you may learn how Shakespeare there should be read. Is the filter I can order, Yes, sir. Right in the isolation booth. Very well. Then hearken, all of you, to the great lines from the lips and heart of a great actor. Notice the hair-shaped toes. Raven likes himself, doesn't he? Look at those kids. Look at their eyes. See what I meant a minute ago? There's murder in them. Who's that came in the door, the back door of the isolation booth? Oh, that's one of the sound effects, man. Oh, he
0: takes care of it. Right, Hi, boys and girls. How's the old? Over- Silence! Whoops. Now, is
1: this microphone on and working properly? Well, Mitchell. Yeah, it's on, but uh, work a little closer to it, will you, and with a bit less voice?
0: You tell me how to use the microphone. <laughs> I'm quiet,
2: all of you. Well,
1: what's he waiting for? The moon, dollar. The moon. Oh. Come on, come on, you old girl. I am
0: thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night, <laughs> and for good. the day, confined to fasting fires, till the foul crime done. Foul cry. Don't tell
1: me he's forgotten his wine. Hence horrible shadows. That's not the script. <laughs> Thy drugs are quick. What is this?
0: My dismal scene, I means must act alone. Past hope, past cure, hey. past
1: help. Wait a minute. I call the God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's happening? I
0: don't
1: know, darling. I.
2: truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Who among us has not hoped for a better life? Who has not had a desire to help stamp out disease and suffering among more unfortunate people throughout the world? Many have wanted to help, and many have done so. That sort of work is going on everywhere. Everywhere there is hope for freedom and a better life. Outstanding in this field of activity is Project Hope, which operates from a converted U.S. Navy hospital ship called, appropriately enough, the Hope. The good ship Hope carries out its mission of mercy in far eastern waters. Wherever doctors, nurses, dentists, sanitation, and public health experts are needed, the Hope steams full speed ahead and gives what help it can. In addition to giving medical aid, the staff of the Hope works with local doctors to acquaint them with the newest of medicines and medical procedures. At the same time, the staff of the Hope learns a great deal about the symptoms and the cures of diseases with which they have had no previous contact. When the Hope was in the United States Navy, it was called the Consolation. And it is certain that the people who now operate her will give both consolation and hope to those who are suffering. Consolation, hope, and a new life. For wherever the hospital ship Hope is anchored, its staff is to make emergency trips to scenes of disasters and epidemics. Their services include a wide variety of skills, from removing a tumor from a child's neck to putting a bandage on an old woman's cut finger. But most importantly, with the hope comes friendship and understanding. Good medicine for healthy freedom, which is the right of all men everywhere. And now,
0: act two of yours truly Johnny Dollar and the Heatherstone Players Matter.
1: Cyril Peter St. George Heatherstone was dead. There was no doubt about it. And the old Shakespearean actor had died muttering the words of the immortal bard there at radio station WBGR in Trenton, New Jersey. When he fell in the isolation booth at one side, I immediately rushed into the main studio checked the dead man's body, his clothes. I searched every nook and cranny of the isolation booth and came up with nothing.
0: He's dead. Carol is dead. It's terrible. It's terrible. Is it?
1: Well, I'm glad he's dead. He's had it coming for a long, long time. Oh, stop it, Joan, stop
2: it. But he was going to make me an actress, a great actress, a star. Oh,
1: don't kid yourself, Joan. He was taking you like he took the rest of us. And me, I'm glad to see him lying there. Who are you? Huh? Oh, Don Ringo, sound effects man. I just came in and timed it. Hey, wait a minute. Who are you? Johnny Dollar, insurance investigator. Investigator? That's right. Investigator. Gordon. Yeah, all it? That phone in the control room. Can you call outside on it? Sure. Then call headquarters. Get somebody from Homicide over here. Right, you are. Don. Hey, yes, sir? I want you to stay right here by this isolation booth. Make sure that nobody... Say, who, by the way, opened the door of this booth?
0: What? I did, Mr. Dollar. Did
1: you touch his body? No.
0: Oh, no. Well, I
1: hope not, because... What's the matter, Mr. Dollar? Plenty.
0: What
1: is it, Mr. Dollar? Well, at least I know what killed him. Yeah? What? Don, you stay here. Okay. The rest of you, back to the rehearsal table. I want to talk to you. It was so faint, I wasn't quite sure for a second. But there was no doubt about that odor It came from the isolation booth. Like peach blossoms, only more delicate and more deadly. It was the odor of potassium panting. And I'm glad the trace of it was faint, because one good whiff at full strength would kill almost instantly. Had killed I'd left Don Ringo there at the booth to watch him to see if he made any move toward Heatherstone's body. For Don had been the last one near him before he died. All right, now. Officially, there's nothing I can do until the police get here. You, uh, you said you know what killed him, Mr. Dollar? Yes. Potassium cyanide, Charlie. Mm. Ever hear of it? Well, well, no, of course not. One tiny crystal that swallowed kills instantly. Or a single whiff of it when it's heated, vaporized. Same thing.
0: You think maybe he committed suicide, Mr. Dollar?
1: What do you think, Don? Well,
0: what do you mean? Doesn't sound like Heather Stone to me, Dollar. Kill himself. All right,
1: so he needed help from someone in this room. And, Don, you were the last one near him.
0: Now, wait a minute. Okay, okay.
1: Charlie? Yes, sir? Can you think of anybody here who might have had a better motive for killing Heather Stone than you? No. No. No, I can't. Charlie... I wanted to see that phony, egotistical, shyster dead more than anything else in the world. But well, I wouldn't have killed him. Well, I would, Charlie, gladly, and I make no bones about it. Police will be here any minute, Dollar. Good. How about your feelings in the matter, Don? Sure. I'm glad he's been knocked off. But don't accuse me of having done... I'm not accusing anybody yet. But this is kind of funny. The only one who admits he would have killed Heather Stone is Gordon here. But he was in the control room with me. Not only when it happened, but long before it happened. And potassium peatron doesn't wait. The rest of you, though, were right here next to Heatherstone. Any one of you could have slipped the stuff to him before he walked into that isolation booth.
0: Yeah, but
1: how would we have made him take it? Ah, that's a good question. Did you find any of that potassium whatever it is in the booth? No, but I got a good whiff of it. You said it had to be vaporized. For the peatron gas to do its work, yes. Dollar, could a capsule of it have been tossed into the booth or maybe uh, left in there for him to step on? Then where's the capsule? Gordon, I went over that booth with a fine tooth comb. Joan.
0: Yes, Mr. Dollar?
1: Are you the only one who touched him before I came in from the control room?
0: I didn't touch him. I told but you. But you were the
1: only one who went into the booth, weren't you? Yes. The only one who could have removed any evidence of the means used to get that vaporized peatum in there.
0: Mr. Dollar, Look here,
1: did... Dollar. If you're saying that Joanie had anything to do with... What's the matter with you? Didn't you know that she was a... She was in love with him. All a... right, Charlie, all right, take it I I, th- I thought I loved him, Charles. Honey. Well, I, I guess it took this to... This to bring me to my senses. Johnny, oh, Johnny. <laughs> all right, look, we've got a murder on our hands. And unless the police are able to come up with more than I have... Well. But they weren't. The doctor who came along with Lieutenant Harper agreed with my conclusion that Heatherstone had died from a hefty whiff of Payton gas. But neither of them could find any possible source of the gas, even after thorough inspection of the isolation booth, the studio, and every one of us in it. Nothing did it. Finally, after some four hours of futile questioning. But well, it was murder, all right, Dollar. No question about it. Any, uh, suspects, Lieutenant? Any suspects? All of them. Every one of them. Except maybe the guy who was in the control room with you. Lieutenant, that should make him number one in the list. You've been reading too many mystery stories. Oh, look, Lieutenant.
0: How much longer are we gonna have to stay around here? You anxious to get away? What's your name, Ringo? Well, I mean it after all, you know.
1: Inspector, would there be any harm in putting my equipment away? Uh, what equipment? Oh, mics and mic cables, patch connections on the board in the control room, so on. Uh, you see any reason, Dollar? No. Go ahead, Gordon. Thanks. I'm a little tired of just standing around. What about us, Lieutenant?
0: Is it doing any good to keep us here?
1: Look, somebody in this place killed Heatherstone. Yeah, but you're not getting anywhere finding out who it was. Are we all under suspicion? Yeah. Excuse me, Dollar. Oh, you're standing on this mic cable. Oh, sorry. I asked you a question, Lieutenant. The answer is yes. Yes, you're all under suspicion. But what good is keeping us here? You'd rather be locked up? Excuse me again, Dollar. Now, this cable. Oh, sure. Hey, now, wait a minute. That's the cable for the mic in that booth? Yeah, that's right. Excuse me. Yeah, you go ahead and take it away. Gordon, those mics uh, all stay in the studio? Yes, sir. Oh, if you ever want to inspect them, inspect them once more. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Maybe I know, Gordon. What? This cable to the booth, Mike. It's thicker than the other. Huh? Hmm? Oh, yeah probably an old one or maybe it's bigger because it has a couple of extra leads in it extra wires yeah the old ones did that's why come on lieutenant huh you too gordon got a screwdriver uh, sure in my pocket here you are Some pliers too, if you want them but i don't understand why Wait now you... this mic in the booth oh careful mr dollar that's pretty delicate then you do it take the faceplate off this mic sure but why Yeah, darling. Potassium peatine. A crystal of potassium peatine. Vaporized in this booth. Oh, sure, but... uh, You gonna tell me how? Maybe I'm just guessing, but I think so. Go ahead, Gordon. Yes, sir. I still don't... There you are. Well, there's the insides of it. Yeah. that's all. There's a... Look. This tiny ball of fused metal... Yeah. All that's left of a heating element that was melted away inside this mic. Thanks to the extra wires in that cable. Oh, it's probably just a little piece of stuff. And look at the color. A livid red. Typical of the action of potassium peatinate on fused metal. Huh? On the heating element that was placed in the mic and destroyed by a surge of current to it. Hey, that color. That's right. You're right. There. Well, then... The one man who didn't hesitate to say how he felt about Heatherstone, who said he would kill him, who warned us, and the one man with an alibi because I was there in the control room with him. I suppose you disconnected the power leads to that cable when you went into the control room to call the police, didn't you, Gordon? Yeah, Mr. Dollar, you guessed right again. But it was a good try, wasn't it? No flight of angels will sing him to his rest.
0: So, that was it,
1: and the company will have to pay the claim. Expense account total, including incidentals and fare, back to Hartford, fifty-one twenty-five. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's
1: story. Next week, the Yours Truly Matter. And I give you one guess about the name of the victim. Join us, won't you? Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone, who also wrote tonight's story. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Lawrence Dobkin, Dick Crenna, Sam Edwards, Frank Gerstel, Herb Beigran, and Hans Conrad. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Johnny Dollar.